Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Nyonggo Master Podcast. I'm your host Azra, and for those of you who don't already know, Season 8 divides into various aspects of Japanese popular culture. And as you've read the title, big spoiler, today we'll look into Japanese popular culture, fashion. Now, I've talked about Japanese fashion a few times in this podcast. Season 1, Episode 7, Subculture Mania. Season 1, Episode 9, Japanese Fashion Through the Ages. And Season 2, Episode 7, The Japanese Avant-Garde Trio. See, I love Japanese fashion. And judging from the feedback, so do you guys. We're going to make it a recurring topic in the podcast, so don't you all worry. Today's episode is one of them. The fashion scene in Japan didn't stay the same throughout the decades and centuries. I mean, nowhere in the world did fashion not change. If you're interested in how it evolved, Season 1, Episode 9 looked at exactly that. In the next couple of minutes, we're looking at what it evolved to. The current day, modern Japanese popular culture fashion. There are the wild and pop-in fashion subcultures, and there are the everyday blending with the crowd styles. Some may think that the modern Japanese fashion is all avant-garde and out of this world, where in fact, they're also as mild as it can be. It's like the two far ends of the same stick. So, why don't we dive into them, shall we? On one end of the stick, we have the crazy subculture fashion. Anyone with an interest in Japan will definitely have seen pictures online of all the weird and wonderful fashion out here. From girls dressed like 18th century toddlers to guys that look like they walked right off the set of the musical Grease. The modern Japanese popular culture has opened people up to more experimentation and self-discovering. A lot of them discover themselves through the form of clothing. When it comes to subcultures in Japan, you either go big or go home. A touch of hair dye and a couple of piercings just ain't gonna cut it. See, for subcultures in Japan, it's about coming together with other like-minded individuals, creating a safe space for themselves to explore their unconventional interests and express their unique selves. In our Season 1 Episode 7, where we looked at five different unique subcultures, we found out who they are, where they came from, and what they wear. So it wasn't only about fashion in that episode, it was how the fashion styles of these subcultures came about. For an in-depth discussion, that episode is where you need to go. Today though, we are only looking at the wacky bits. The first subculture fashion of Japan's modern popular culture that I'd like to highlight is the Lolita fashion. I'd say this is the very definition of Japanese modern-day popular culture fashion. Japanese Lolita culture is all about the kawaii, or cute, aesthetic which basically means trying to appear childlike and innocent while sticking to traditional Japanese modesty at the same time. If you've tuned in to the first episode of this season, where we talked about kawaii culture, what I tell you, kawaii is everywhere in modern pop culture. The unorthodox fashion style of Lolita is mostly influenced by the Victorian and late Baroque periods of Europe, often mashed up with more modern design elements from other influences like punk and goth. Envision a 19th century baroness who's a huge fan of the cure. Throughout the decades, Lolita has branched out into a couple of other sub-styles under the umbrella of the original, like the princess, or hime in Japanese, Lolita, who's all about the royal theme of puffy dresses and ruffles. But despite the various sub-styles, all of them adhere to the general rule of the Lolita subculture, extreme delicateness and a high, exaggerated femininity in their dress sense. The unofficial, official uniform of a Lolita features petticoats under high-collared one-pisu, to mean dress, high stockings, a dramatic hairstyle, and wild accessories of lace and ribbon. But don't be surprised if modern-day Lolita girls don't adhere strictly to these guidelines. 
Another big subculture fashion in Japanese popular culture is visual K. K actually means style. So visual K literally means visual style. The origins of this style goes way back, but I'm not getting into that here. We talked about it in Season 1, Episode 7. Long story short, this subculture fashion came from a heavy metal band who wore unconventional hairstyles and dramatic makeup with costumes. And the rest is history. This subculture is known to bend the rules of traditional masculinity, promoting androgyny and straight-up cross-dressing. Heeled boots and long, flowy coats that look stolen from Renaissance-era Venetian are par for the cause among the bands and their fans. Color-shocking hairstyles come hand-in-hand with thick makeup and elaborate costumes that defy gender norms. The key point is glam. Lots and lots of glam. Altogether, it conjures up an image of a shoujo prince. You shoujo manga readers out there, you know what I'm saying. Shoujo is a genre of manga, Japanese comics, that targets the female audience, and usually they feature handsome male lead with a prince-like appeal. Both shoujo and visual case celebrates the idea of the beautiful man, in a very feminized sense, quite the opposite of taste of the North American and European women. So I'd say, that's a good example of one female fashion subculture and one male fashion subculture. There's so many more of them. Season 1, Episode 7 looked at the top 5. Now, here's a quick vocab recap. Kawaii. Cute. Hime. Princess. One Pisu. A word for everyday dresses, jumpsuits, and other similar clothing. If you say Doresu, it's a word for fancier dresses. Kei. Style. Manga. Japanese comic. Shoujo. A manga genre targeted at a female audience. By the way, if you haven't checked out our official website yet, why not give it a browse? At Nihongo Master, we offer efficient Japanese lessons that are quick, easy, and fun for Japanese language learners of all levels, from beginners to advanced. Our smart tools will assist you in areas where you need a little bit of a push and congratulate you on the ones you waste. With a community of over 50,000 Japanese students, you're not alone on your learning journey. Make new friends and improve together with our point system collecting points as you go along. Ask away any questions you have on our group discussion pages. There's sure to be others as well as our Japanese instructors that are quick to answer. You can also take Nihongo Master with you on the go and learn Japanese as you trot the globe. Practical, right? Now, on to the other end of the stick, we have what I call it the Japanese normcore fashion. Now, I know some would argue that normcore is unisex and monotonous. But when I think of normcore, I think of basics, the majority of the crowd wears, kind of thing. Now in Japan, back in the day, when opting for this normal fashion is actually not normal. Wafuku, to mean traditional Japanese clothing, was replaced as the everyday choice of clothes by yofuku, to mean western-style clothing. People started opting for business suits and jeans over the good old yukata and kimono. While there are a select few who has the urge to stand out as much as possible, despite its often wacky reputation, Japanese people are actually generally quite restrained and have a strong collectivist mentality. This means that the vast majority of people just want to conform and blend into their surroundings. Picture a sea of business suits at train stations during rush hour or just about a dozen pleated skirts on one street alone. And normcore fashion is a thing, which Japanese guys often opt for. And there's no shame in that at all. In fact, normcore was a huge trend at one point. The Japanese just made it a classic go-to. It's the good old white t-shirt and jeans. 
throw on a hoodie and a cap or a beanie when it gets cold. Now, this is an image that you're more likely to see outside of Shibuya, Harajuku, and all those other fashionable neighborhoods. Now, for the ladies, I personally sense a more unnarashi kind of vibe in the common fashion style here. That means ladylike or feminine. I believe this stems from culture, where women are expected to be more ladylike and feminine so as to be more attractive to men. Hold your horses, feminists out there. It's what I observe and what I researched. I didn't just pull it out of nowhere. So this translates to the pieces you see women wearing and on shelves in stores as well. Oftentimes, you get extremely girly pieces like puffy blouses, polka dots, florals, flowy skirts, tons of frills and fluff. I recently read up on Mori K, which is one of the fashion subcultures. Mori means forest, so the whole aesthetic is like flowy, green, and nude colors, kind of like you came out of the earth, all prim and proper, of course, and are one with nature. I feel like this can be under the whole feminine style to Japanese fashion. Lots of white, loose dresses with tons of pleats. And while, from my observation, the majority of girls are still into the whole unnarashi style, it's becoming more in trend for girls to don the normcore, unisex look too. Oh, do you know the lifestyle and clothing brand Uniqlo? That's exactly how I would define Japanese normcore fashion. Jeez, I should have started with that. Anyway, here's a quick vocab recap. Wafuku, Japanese traditional clothes. Yofuku, Western style clothes. Morike, a style of fashion that centers around loose-fitting, flowy garments fitting the natural theme. Onnarashi, a woman to mean lit, a word to mean ladylike or feminine. What I tell ya, it's two ends of the same stick. Japanese modern popular culture fashion is not only your out-of-the-box subculture fashion, but also basically anything that's not the good old traditional Japanese clothing. What do you think is more surprising about this pop culture fashion? Tell us your thoughts by commenting on our social media platforms. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Also, head over to the Nihongo Master blog if you're interested in reading up on topics like these some more. And if you're keen on picking up some more Japanese for yourself, pop onto our official website, nihongomaster.com, to learn more. While they're at it, why not get yourself a subscription? Get a head start on your Nihongo journey with Nihongo Master. And thank you so much for listening in. Join me in the next one, where I'll be walking you down the avenue of Japan's rich, popular culture. Mata ne!